I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 32 of Season 6 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra's journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Niall McGowan of The Bat Minute. Welcome back to the show, Niall. Oh, thank you, Rob. I, I am a uh, man of high ideals, so-called. So uh, I'm very happy to talk about this minute in particular. <laughs> I actually thought you were a guy who just sits around all day on your brains in your taxi. I don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah, that actually is a much more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So episode 32 begins with Uncle Billy continuing to attack Potter and ends with Potter trying to explain himself to the board. And so basically yesterday we ended things with uh, Potter bringing up a motion and getting one of the uh, uh, nameless guys in the room to agree with that and to second the motion and say that, okay, let's uh, just dissolve the, the building alone. You know, we don't, we don't need to find someone else to take over for, for, for Peter Bailey. We'll just get rid of them. And Uncle Billy got very upset about this and he goes, and he started saying yesterday, that's fine, Potter. And it was coming from you, considering that you probably drove him to his grave, which is something that we talked about yesterday. You know, the fact yeah, that, yeah. that uh, you know, there there is suspicion. You know, if I, if I was a policeman, uh, I don't know, maybe I would, uh, you know, be, be willing to open open the file and double check about that. That, uh, you know, how much did Potter really have to do with Peter Billy's death? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's one of those things like how like how can you prove someone like coaxed someone into like was it what was it the, the stroke? Yeah, the stroke. So it's like yeah, that's supposed to be kind of like well, again, it goes back to Potter's magical powers. He just had to say Avracadabra, and that was it. You know, <laughs> he has his uh, the Bailey voodoo doll hidden under that's his right. blanket. <laughs> just... That's right. You know, they they actually think that he had a stroke, but back then. Yeah. They, how, do they you might... check? how do you check for voodoo? You can't. That's right. Like, how That's do... right. And how do you, you check, check for a stroke? For <laughs> how do you check for a stroke in 1928? Who knows? It's just, you know, he, he, he grabbed his head. Oh, okay. That must be a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But first of all, I find it interesting that, that Uncle Billy just calls him Potter. He doesn't say Mr. Potter or I, I'm trying to remember if we remember if, if the, they've, they have told us Potter's first name. Is it? Charles, I, I I actually don't even remember what what Potter's first name is, but but I believe it is mentioned at some well, point. The Pets, he's probably changed himself several times over the centuries because he has to pretend, keep coming back and pretending to be his own son. So he's just like, yeah, yes, that's right, it's me, Timothy Potter. I mean, Charles Potter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm Charles Potter the third. <laughs> I was like, he's the same guy. He's the same. He's been the same guy for the last five hundred years. Right. Ah, sorry. His name is Henry. Henry Potter. Henry, Henry F. Potter. Potter. Henry Potter, Henry Potter. 
you know, it's it, and Henry is similar to Harry. I don't know. I don't know. I'm starting yeah. to get. I'm starting to, to think that maybe he is not a, reg- a typical Muggle here. Yeah. <laughs> not too sure about that. <laughs> but but it's just funny that he just calls him Potter. You know, it, it which which is a really even larger sign of disrespect. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also it's a sign of disrespect, and it's also it's just very typical of Billy's character too, because he's just not like, you know, his his brother was the one keeping everything running as we you know sort of established and like you wonder what kind of employment billy would have been in had had it not been his brother giving him this job and stuff and i think like yeah he's much more whereas uh peter would have been the brains like billy's old heart so he just goes off on like he can't he, he can't have the business decorum to be like you know okay mr potter and talk to him very respectfully he's like, no no he just has to let everything all out so he just talks about him the way he would have talked about him to his brother or to anyone else who came in. He doesn't have the mind for no, there's a way you're supposed to conduct yourself in these meetings and stuff with the, uh, with investors and things like that. Um, and so, uh, that, yeah, that just struck me as very, as, you know, very true to his character that he would be, uh, he wouldn't, ha- he wouldn't put in that formality uh, in his speech. Right. It's just very, again, it's just very, you know, when, when we see movies and stories from, from back then, you think of people being more formal than they are nowadays. You know, nowadays you would hear someone say, call someone else Potter. You know, you wouldn't, you know, even, even like, you know, I grew up and I called my friend's parents by their name, Mr. Mrs. Whatever. By my first name. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't even occur to them to, to, to Mm. use the Mr. Mrs. and stuff like that. (laughs) To be fair though, over in Ireland. Yeah. All the like you'd only the only people you'd call sir are your teachers. That's uh, right. And then so yeah, so like him talking to like Mr. Gower and stuff and this every you know, when he's when George is a kid and the constant sir, sir, sir. It's like that struck me as like, yeah, that's very old timey. <laughs> it's not, it's very old timey and it's very American to do that. Correct. Uh, whereas over here, like if you met like your girlfriend's dad, you would instantly go in to call him by his first name. There's none of this sort of like, Oh yes, sir, and all this kind of business, which I only know from American television and stuff, but it seems to be like uh, they're very hung up on formality and stuff over there. Correct. Whereas in in Ireland, we're just like, no, (laughs) everyone's much more relaxed about it. So is it Um, a question of being more relaxed or is it just a question of, of, uh, you know, whether, you know, like personally, I would think that in the United Kingdom, it would be more formal than it would be in America. Yeah. You know, I don't don't know why I have that impression. I, I don't know. Well, to, to be fair as, as well, Rob, uh, Ireland is not part of the United Kingdom. Uh, I, let's, I, let's I didn't, get... That's why I said United Kingdom. I didn't say Ireland. <laughs> but I know, I know you spend part of your time in, in, in England, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, do. I actually do currently live in England, but I come from. Ah, uh, uh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's the thing. I didn't mean to offend. Um, don't don't no, send no, the no, IRA no. after me. I think... Yeah. <laughs> Well, I can't guarantee now that you know the, the, the word is out, but uh, uh, but no, damn, no, so get, <laughs> one of the big things I've, I've spotted too on um, you see on like social media and stuff as well, where like people been called like girl or boy is like oh that's like a that's a very infantilizing and it's a very dismissive thing to refer to someone as you know girl or boy, and again in Ireland like it's, everyone calls people girl and boy all the time no matter what age they are. And it's not seeing as insulting. It's just like, yeah, it's just what people, that's how people talk and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's, it's little subtle cultural differences um, throughout different places. But yeah, hmm. yeah. Um, right. Right. And and then, 
Um, Connor continues. So, so much so, actually, I would say yeah. even in a business meeting like this, I'd imagine they would be on first term basis. He wouldn't be calling them. He wouldn't call him Mr. Potter either. He'd probably he would say Henry. He'd just call him Henry. Yeah. They're just talking to like, oh, we're all people here. We're all, you know, I know you're the rich guy, but whatever. Like everyone just calls each other by the first name. So That's yeah, right. the, the all, uh, yeah, yeah, much, much less formality over here than, uh, Correct. Than there, there, uh especially yeah. during heated arguments. Yeah. Mm. You know, and then uh, Potter goes, Peter Bailey was not a businessman. That's what killed him. Now, is is that a, a formal, is that a, like a normal way to die? You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, li- listen, I'm, I'm you know, uh, cause, of, cause of death, either. cause of death, not a businessman. Yeah, like I'm not a businessman either. So like, going like, how how much time have I got? <laughs> you should you should start wearing if you uh, you know if if you ever come across Potter. Yeah, that's how that's him. His mask starting to slip slightly there. It's like he was. That's why he died. He wasn't a businessman, unlike me, who has been going for seven hundred and fifty years as just on the power of business alone. That's right. <laughs> and then he continues and tries to sort of. You know, get himself out of it and says, "Oh, I don't mean any respect to him. God rest his soul." <laughs> I I think his idea there is basically he's already dead. He's not gonna be able to do any damage to me anyway. Uh, <laughs> and then he says he was a man of high ideals, so called. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. I love that line. It's just like yeah, because again, it just shows like Potter understands what like people are supposed to be, what's supposed to be good, <laughs> and that's right in the world. He's come That's across true. it as a concept, but he's also like, I don't understand this. So I understand that he was supposed to be a man of high ideals. So like, that's what people tell me. But That's right. Uh, yeah. And then he goes, but ideals without common sense can ruin this town. You know, so, you know, Potter is basically saying that he is the one who is here to save the town. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you need to have mind, common really. sense. You know, I, I think in his mind, he is doing the right thing. Well, I, 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 I'm certain there'll be people out there uh, who will look at like Pottersville at the end and be like, "That looks like a booming town of of, of many means. There's so many places open and running. There's all these clubs. That must mean there's people in unemployment. That bar was hopping uh, when uh, when George George and Clarence go in. So like, I mean." Didn't didn't he help the town? It looks like the economy is going great there. You know, but. that's right. And and I mean, if you think about it, uh, Pottersville is basically, um, you know, th- this is Back to the Future too. Oh, I have one hundred percent Back to the Future too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm assuming um, that that's how the the writers of Back to the Future too thought of it. Hey, wait a second. Why don't we do Pottersville? <laughs> oh, isn't there an old? There's an old jazz song too. Called Next Stop Pottersville. I'm just wondering if it was like if it was written before or after the movie. Like next stop. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even familiar with it. Never heard of it. No. Although guys, no. Oh no. Maybe it doesn't actually exist. No. I think actually because I quickly googled it. I know it from Seinfeld, where they're having like a phone-in competition on the radio, and Elaine, like Elaine's there with Mr. Pitt, like her really weird boss. Yes. And like she knows a lot about old jazz records, right? And though, so she hears it and she goes like, "Oh, it's next next stop Pottersville," and then he starts dancing, going, "Next stop Pottersville!" Like, and go ring in, ring in, ring in. And having just quickly googled it, the only results that come up are Seinfeld. So they might well have made it up for the show. Yeah, uh, and they might well be referencing. It's a Wonderful Life there. So mm, it's very possible. That is definitely yeah. very possible. 
and go and uh, clarify that once you get to Pottersville in that's right. what, like 20 weeks time <laughs> or whatever that's going to be. Something like that. <laughs> That's right. um, I do feel actually as, as well though it just in the, the 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 current climate like um I'm a little disappointed in all the the meme makers of the world because uh, maybe they just they just forgot uh, I forgot um that like you know recently Drew Barrymore was having all that trouble about like during the writers strike she was just keeping her show going and had a kind of attitude of like oh well, I don't need writers I'll, I'll we'll get by just fine and then like everyone erupted at her and stuff but she had to come on crying and saying I'm so sorry and stuff like that but knowing that like Drew Barrymore is like the like the the grandniece of Lionel Barrymore <laughs> I feel there should have been memes of like Drew Barrymore's face plastered over Potter <laughs> in this scene <laughs> just like talking about like okay oh, just let it let's let it happen and stuff like it's a uh, I feel like uh, uh, I could try to make it now, but it's too late. The time has gone past. Like the writer strikes over. I think people have already forgiven Drew Barrymore for it. So um, it's a uh, tragically no one struck while the iron was hot. But uh, right. I, the concept will live now forever in this podcast, I guess. Um, <laughs> That's for sure. Also, should point out too, though, of course, classic as well. The the, the one big uh, Batman connection is of course Lionel Barrymore. Uh, you know, eventually leading to Drew Barrymore, who was of course in. Batman Forever. Batman forever. Yeah. As one of our show logos. It was me and me and John as Sugar and Spice. It was my favorite of the show logos. Um, so oh, you're just saying that. You're just saying that. No, it genuinely was. Genuinely was. Um, it's okay. I drew them all. I could say which one I thought was best. <laughs> so, ah, okay. I could, I could blow my own horn about it. Um, but it's a, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think that's the only, I was, I was so certain that like Jimmy Stewart must have been like, uh, like lobbied for a role in the 66 show or something, but apparently not. I looked into it. It's like, no, there's no, I think he was still too big. He would have been way too big, even in the late sixties for like the appear on Batman as a show. <laughs> like they would have been like, no, God, right. God no, like I'm, not, Oh, I'm not, I'm not a TV actor until he became, <laughs> I think in the seventies, he was a TV actor then. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. You know, times change, times change. Sure. Potter continues talking and he goes, now you take this loan here to Ernie Bishop, and he picks up, uh, you know, a file that that he obviously brought to the meeting on purpose to to talk about it. You know, and he goes, you know, that fella that sits around all day on his brains in his taxi. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, first of all, that that basic it, it it's just very funny because the the idea of saying that somebody who just sits, uh, you know, sits on their brains all day, you know, like what, what do you think the modern term would that be? I think it's kind of like, um, sort of the, the almost the more polite version of it would be calling them like a, a butthead. Basically. That's right. That's exactly what I was, yeah. uh, where I was going. You know, he basically, yeah. <laughs> it, cause he makes it sound as if he's got nothing to do. I mean, part, uh, uh, sorry, Bedford Falls is not a very big place. So I don't know how much work Ernie actually does have. So it could be mm. that he's suggesting that Ernie is lazy, but he's also suggesting that he's just a guy in a taxi, so he's not making that much money, but you're willing yeah. to go and, and, and lend him money. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I suppose, like, yeah, it is weird, like, actually considering, like, because I know, I know a taxi driver myself, and he's run off his feet, like, constantly, constantly in business. But yeah, I hadn't considered, like, yeah, Bedford Falls just might not, you might only get, like, three calls a day <laughs> or, or something. Right. Like, how much? Yeah, but they, I guess at the weekend they might clear up because people come out of bars and stuff. But right, 
Uh, yeah. true. Uh, and, yeah, and, and then he continues by saying, I happen to know the bank turned down this loan. So again, how does he know that? He must obviously, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's got connections in the bank because we only find out later in the movie that he takes over the bank. So he's, you know, maybe he's on the board in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I, I'll say too, I, I enjoy the uh, sitting on his brains uh, insults because it's kind of like, it's kind of like a twofold insult as well. Right. In that you can like, you can have a little polite way of looking at it where it's like, the man's, you know, sitting on his brains, like wasting his potential. Like he's got a he's got a brain, but he's just sitting on. It. He's not doing anything. He's just, you know, he's he's lazing out. You can look. That's almost like a kind of the the, the nicer way of of putting it. And then right. also it's just like it's basically calling him like <laughs> for brains <laughs> because he's More just like yeah, well, it's, that's all he's got. He's just he's his ass, his brain is in his ass. Like he's just so right. It could be it junk. could be an insult or it could be somewhat of a you know a compliment about the fact that he's just wasting his time. Yeah, yeah is it going to a man wasting his potential out there, or this guy has no potential because his that's hand right. is in his ass? Like that's it's, right. <laughs> uh, it's a, I don't know if it's a calculated move by Potter, but like if someone sure. riles up at the insult, he's like, "Oh no, that's all I was saying is is this." But then the actual insult is what he really meant. That's right. And then he continues and says, "But he comes here, and we're building in a house worth five thousand dollars." Do you know how much five thousand dollars in nineteen twenty is worth today? In twenty twenty three, no, I was, I was considering because I was just like, oh my god, like I've got five thousand dollars, like maybe <laughs> I could have just bought a house right now. <laughs> right, it's it's uh, it's equivalent of ninety thousand dollars, which which again isn't very much whoa, to buy a house. Whoa. That was still, but like ninety thousand, oh my god, that, that inflation rate, holy moly! Exactly. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, ninety ninety five years, ninety five years, Sam. Jesus Christ, that's what that, that, that's where it goes. And then Potter continues. You know, why? And then George continues, well, I handled that, Mr. Potter. See, George does call him Mr. Potter. You have all the yeah. papers there, his salary, insurance. I can personally vouch for his character. A friend of yours? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. You see, if you shoot pool with some employee here, you can come and borrow money. What does that get us? A discontented, lazy, rabble. And then he gets cut off uh, during as, as he's talking about the stuff. The, the, notice the George, actual George in the background throughout this whole scene is great because uh, mm-hmm. just like the, the the faces he's making at Potter at Billy, like his ego, his reaction shots are like uh, they never close in on him, but he's he's there the whole time. Um, I think that this is actually like weirdly, it's like Potter's waking him up here because it's like even th- little things I'm like calling him Mr. Potter and stuff. Is That's that right. you know he he's there, he's in mourning. You know, it's been three months, but still, he lost his dad and stuff, and then he's having to sit and deal with all his business stuff, and he's lost his holiday that he was, you know, this big, this, you know, this thing he's been dreaming of for years to go out and see the world and stuff. And so he's probably in a little bit of, like, sort of depressed shock almost. And then so comes saying the whole thing, like, oh, yeah, Mr. Mr. Potter and stuff. like that. It's just like, yeah, he's just he's a little beaten down. And then the more Potter goes on, as we see in, like, the next minute and stuff, George starts to sort of just, like, Oh, now he's now he's back. Now, now you've, you've woken him up again. You've got kind of, to uh, cracked him out of his uh, out of his state. Um, so yeah, but Potter's own fault almost for now for creating an an, an arch nemesis in George Bailey. Because if he had just if he just stopped talking, George would have walked out, and that would have been the end of it. Well, no, but that, no. you can go back even further. That happened weeks ago, when you know, or or years ago, when you know George ran to his father, and Potter at that point wasn't very nice around him either. Yeah, you know, so Potter Potter could have changed. Potter needs to go back in time and change what happened. You know, 
and 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 allow little George Bailey to talk to his father, and and then everything will be fine. That's why. That's why he needs the he needs the extra power in in Hale of, of taking the, the the buildings alone. That'll give him uh, the necessary boost and his evil energy. Then he can finally mold time to his uh, his own liking. Uh, and then he can travel back. But that's why he needs he needs this business so desperately because he's been trying to like he's been buying up mom and pop stores, but they're not sustaining him enough. He needs to he needs to go for a big a big one. Uh, but the <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, for uh, sure. A, very, very yeah. interesting. The, you know, the the, the way that this uh, moves along, you know, because yeah, yeah. also like like we hear that Potter says to him, a friend of yours, what he doesn't know that I mean, it's not as if Bedford Falls is such a very large community. He doesn't know that they're what? friends. He doesn't well, see them around. Probably everybody, around. probably like all like everyone who's not like a you know. Like most normal people, probably they all know Ernie because he's the taxi driver. <laughs> I guess. That's true, but uh, also you can think about it about the fact that in a few weeks from now, you know, when they have the run on the bank, and then George is talking to everybody, you know, he goes, "Hey, Tom and and Bill and whatever." Like, I mean, they, they know these people. This isn't, you know, this isn't a very large community. Everyone's familiar with other people, so like it's just very interesting that Potter looks at this as here they're in the big city. When they're they're not, you know yeah. that type of thing. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's it's interesting the the way to say and the the fact that he says you know you go play pool, you know anyone you go play pool with. Mm, mm. As um yeah again that was it's kind of like the um the rich elitist view of like what the people what the people in the slums do like oh they play pool and they have their beer on the foot on the the steps outside. <laughs> And they That's all right. sit around in their vests with their tweed caps and stuff like. He's like, I've never done it myself, but I, I've I've heard that it's done, you know. Correct. Yeah, no, I mean it's just it's just very strange the way that they, uh, you know, that 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 he mentions this whole thing because again, this whole movie is a fight between the classes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, be, between like between that. high society and and low society, and and you have people that are in the elite, like Mr. Potter, that don't want to let other people get close to being in the elite, and then you have people like George who want to give everyone their, their the opportunity that they that, and and fulfill their own potential. You, yeah. know, you have to give yeah. them the the you know the, the the tools to be able to do something like that. So oh, I'm, I'm assuming they would have done it. But it'll be like a TV version, and people. But like, have they ever? Have they ever tried to remake It's a Wonderful Life? Like, they did. The 70s, they did. Oh, in they the seventies, in nineteen seventy-seven, there is a remake of it with with a was, woman a, with a woman as uh-huh. the the main character. Oh, I was, I was assuming it's going to be like Tom Berenger is George Bailey, like that kind of thing. No. Uh, Burt Reynolds is, you know, Uncle Billy. <laughs> but, nah. Um, I'm not so wondering. Maybe it's because it's not a, it's not a Disney product or something like that. But it, it feels like nowadays, like because you know things get remade so often, that like not only would you have a remake of It's a Wonderful Life, but they would probably try to do like well, you have to do the Potter origin story. So like all his, you know, him being a you know a Sith Lord, you know, aside kind of thing. Um, you could probably I think there is a story there. Like how did this man get so broken and where 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 does Potter come from, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, to get to this position in life that he's so cold towards other people, um, but it feels like he, he almost would be Jew, the Cruella, uh, you know, Melissa uh kind of um, 
treatment. But uh, but no, yeah. I've noted. Yeah, it's a wonderful life. Seems to be maybe who, who did again? Was it um, was it a Universal Picture or was it a no Paramount? No, this was a private private uh, movie. That, and this was privately oh. funded by Liberty Films, which was oh, which was Frank yeah, Capra's. Yeah, yeah. That, might, that might be it. Yeah, because I, I, I remember now. Yeah, but really, sort of jarred. It just opens on that bell. And you're like, oh wow! <laughs> like I, you're expecting. You're so used to logos popping up that it'd be like, no, we're in the movie already. Um, but it's uh, yeah. So maybe that's why that they've got a, you know a bit more like this, the, the, the hounds aren't able to come. The only thing they could do was that colorization uh, business, which is still still haunts the movie like like if you look it up they'll they'll keep trying to make you watch the colorized version it's weird it's yeah like, it is very weird everyone I, I, hates it jimmy stewart hates it. and yet, yet every time you're like oh it's a wonderful like oh god damn it's the colorized version show me the actual freaking film over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I'm, i've never been a fan of of watching the the, the colorized versions of any movies I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any that i would say I, Oh wow, I you know I'm familiar with that. I I like it better than the the black the original black and white because they you know when Ted Turner did all these things he always chose some really really strange colors. There's like a lot of pink and yellow and stuff like that. Like it's not it it, it doesn't look like real colors that one would use. Hmm. I always thought it was a thing down to like the technology at the time. It's just like yeah, this is the closest we can get. Is like yeah, everyone's face is like bright pink. <laughs> like that's that's the best we can do. But right. um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm intrigued now though. I have to look into this. Uh, the, the actual, I'm assuming it was the TV remake, right? That they, that they yeah, the one the did, one that but... I mentioned the one that I mentioned was from uh, 1977. It's it's called It Happened One Christmas. Oh okay okay. Uh, so I guess it happened. It happened two Christmases because now it's it's it happened to this guy and now it's happening to this lady. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Like so, are they doing like a kind of like um? Because I guess that's a play also on it happened one night. So as it's kind of like you know like the Fargo TV show is basically like a little. It's like a Coen Brothers show rather than a, a Fargo show. It's just sort of referencing all the Coen Brothers movies. Is it like? Have you seen this thing? Is it like oh we're riffing on a lot of Frank Capra stuff? in the one movie right no no haven't no. <laughs> <laughs> not yet it's 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 on my list what the hell oh, oh my god orson wells played potter in it marlo thomas oh the mom from every oh my god jerry seinfeld's dad's in it oh, 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 oh that's it i'm watching this thing yeah it's 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 on my list and it will be something that i will will re- be reviewing uh, on one of my It's a Wonderful Wednesday, so we'll get there. Oh my god. The mom from Everybody Loves Raymond and Jerry's dad from Seinfeld together at last. This is, it. this is my <laughs> Christmas now. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that girl herself, Mar- Mar- Marlo Thomas. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I want to go back to something we talked about yesterday. We mentioned about the black armbands. And uh, so we yes. wanted to, to, to discuss... You know about how the you know like the whole idea of an of a black armband. So basically, there there are armbands that 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 uh, people will put on, showing that they are in mourning or that they wish to identify with the commemoration of of either a family member, a friend, a comrade, uh, perhaps a team member. You know, someone that that has passed away. Um, it, it's usually done quite soon after 
uh, the, the the person uh, passes away. So, like for instance, in sports sporting events, so the the, the game following the person's death, you know, they will they will be you know wearing black armbands and stuff like that, you know, as a as a tribute to them. I always noted it in because uh, I'm not a big sports guy myself, but I have noted it, like I'm watching you know games around people's houses and stuff. Um, over <laughs> over here, they always it always looks very lackluster. Yes. A lot of the times they don't they don't spring for an actual armband. They'll just put like a bit of black tape on the sleeve or something. And it's always right. half hanging off and stuff. And it's just like put the effort in if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, then do it properly. But Correct. maybe there's practical reasons like no, if you cut off if you put on a proper band, it cuts off the circulation there. I don't know. They, they may have their uh, rationale behind it, you know. But uh, it also just it just looks a little lame. I'd rather they just didn't do it <laughs> than have like a random piece of black tape hanging off them. Correct. No, definitely, definitely agree with you on that one. In other types of, like in the in the military or maybe in the fire department or the police stuff like that. So when people then put on, you know, black armband to commemorate someone, you know, they 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 will do it at the funeral or like a day or two afterwards, that type of thing. So, you know, like I I I looked around to see if I could find, you know, some more information about people who. You know, maybe there are prominent pictures of people wearing black armbands. So I, I found three that that are that, that fit in here, basically. Um, so first you have there's a famous picture of William Tecumseh Sherman, who was a general during the Civil War in America, the month after uh, Lincoln was assassinated. So there's a picture of of Sherman with a black armband uh, walking around. There is a famous picture of uh, Leopold III of Belgium, who was wearing a uh, armband uh, as soon as he became the the king following the death of his, of his father Albert the uh, First. And then there's another famous one with uh, FDR uh, wearing a black armband uh, after his mother passed away. Mm, mm. You know, then, uh, yeah. we need to talk about like a, a um, yeah, literally just very recently. On uh, Bat Minute of the Phantasm, uh, we had to talk about um, the female equivalent, which is the the mourning veil. Okay, um, right. Because you know, they, at the end of the movie, Andrea Beaumont's in a mourning veil and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it was just, it was, um, it's just very, like, uh, you know, atypical. And looking at like, you know, the tradition of the mourning veil, uh, a lot of the time, then also, it was also used to just ward off the advances of men <laughs> because it's just like women just not want to have to deal with a guy coming up to them. We just wear a mourning veil. Cause then they're just like, okay, all right, I guess I'm not going near, I'm not going near this. Um, but uh, yeah. And then just having the whole thing about apparently, uh, I think it was queen Victoria wore her mourning veil for like 40 years or something. Wow. Like it's to, to the point where it was just like, people started to think she was actually insane. Because it's like she, but she was like, no, does that really miss my husband? And then, like, I'm still in mourning over him. But then, after like de- literally decades, people started to be like, yeah, she might have just actually gone off a rocker, kind of thing. <laughs> but <laughs> literally, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of a guy having a mourning band on for, um, you know, for for several decades. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, Queen Victoria putting in putting in the work there. That's right. And so, where do you when do you think the first known usage of a black armband was? They actually found a portrait of somebody wearing one, and that's the that's considered the earliest. How how far back do you think that would go? Uh, and I'll give you a hint: it's it, it does come from from the British. Oh, okay. Um, I don't imagine it probably would be relatively like within the last two hundred years or so, because I imagine way back in the day. 
they would have had much more elaborate <laughs> versions of like they'd have a, a whole on like um a, a full morning outfit or something like there'd be it'd be much more formal whereas like knocking it down to just an arm an armband would seem a bit more like well it's it's, it's kind of getting towards casualness again um so i was wagering in the last 200 years but does it go back further than that it goes back much further than that there is a picture of elizabeth stewart the queen of bohemia uh wearing a black armband in 1614. Uh, i mean this oh, is when wow. the, the wow. portrait was made in 1614 and it was uh, right around the time that her brother, the Prince of Wales, passed away. So the mm. the assumption is is that that that's what it is. You know, it would be really funny if it, you know you, you can go back in time and you see that the, the that the artist decided just to add it. You know, like yeah, oh, that, wouldn't that wouldn't that be really cool? <laughs> Unless it was also her too. Just she was she was the one getting casual. Where he's like. Well, you know, you're supposed to be traditionally you'd wear a morning veil. It's like I'm not messing up my hair for this guy. God damn. It's like he's dead. What's he I'll just put him, I'll put an armband on, that's enough. There you go. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he mentions the fact that 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 they allow Ernie to he says if you shoot pool with some employee here, you can come and borrow money. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean this is a loan. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it borrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all too like it's I guess so maybe because, you know, yeah, you, you, yeah, you'd have to wonder, like, the the, 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 turn of, the actual legitimate turn of profit of, like, the buildings and loan. It would be, like, maybe Potter's just looking at it, like, well, realistically, when are you ever going to get this money back? Because it'll end up, you know, you'll get chunks of it back, and then that'll get loaned out to someone. It'll, it's just all a circle going around. There's no actual, there's no money to be made here. It's all just, like people passing the same the same money back and forth um so maybe that's more what he's he's all about profiting and this you know um to know the the movie was it was cited as being communist right you know by people at the time so that kind of thing is like well yeah there you go george bailey's it it really strikes me he's more like i don't care about making a profit i just want yeah if it's the same money going around been shared by the same people in the community then that's you know that's good enough for me um, so I, th- I think, yeah, I imagine that's probably uh, that's, that's probably Potter's bugbear about that. Yeah, it's true, it's true. All right, uh, that's all I have to say about this minute. You have anything else you want to say about this minute? No, no, not not. Uh, I think I'm done for this particular minute. All right. So every Tuesday we have a segment called "Off the Beaten Track," uplifting experience edition, where my guest will give some sort of story anecdote. Uh, adventure, misadventure, something has happened to them over the course of their life that can be somehow perceived as something that has been up in upleading, uh, has been an uplifting experience uh, for them. So now you have a, some sort of story for us? I feel, I feel bad in that I, I was racking my brains for this and I couldn't come up with anything because I, I, I was looking through the movie and been like, oh, this is such an uplifting thing at the end about the community come together. <laughs> and I just had that, I really had that. Um, the scene in the sopranos where um christopher is just really depressed and he's talking to paulie and he's just like don't you ever did you ever feel that like nothing good was ever going to happen in your life and paulie just goes like yeah and nothing ever did so what and it's just like it's a comedy beat in the, in the show that was the only thing i could think of because i was like uplifting experiences that have happened to me no <laughs> so i don't think i'm a single man at the you know the, the 36 like i'm uh I've not got any grand, you know, wedding tales or anything I have to tell people or 
Uh, like I'm not I'm not a cynic. I'm not like oh nothing nice is ever gonna happen to me. But yeah, I'm I'm, re- I'm really sorry I have to plead the fifth on this because I'm like I just don't know what to tell you, man. I don't think I do have any. No uh, one has ever done something to you, for you that that make that made you say wow, what a great person. They really lifted my spirits by doing this type of thing, or that you just saw that something <laughs> that they did and you're like wow, I wish I could be like that. I don't know. No. <laughs> okay, that's fair too. That is definitely fair. Like, I'm going to be. I'll, I'll, I am the Potter of the future. I think. Like I am going. To, that attitude will continue for the next fifty years, and then until <laughs> I become a broken down husk of a man who just hates everybody. But no, man. I, I'm sorry. I gotta. I gotta be like. I. I, I couldn't come up with anything that would be. Um, I mean, it's not to say I haven't got like people haven't given me nice presents and things like that. Have just been kind in general to me. Like, I've you know I, I believe people are all inherently good and stuff. Um. You know, deep down, but like, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, I've got anything that would suit. Uh, okay. That, um, I probably, well, maybe you know, this time next week I'll be like, oh, I could have told that story. <laughs> but, probably. Uh, All right. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to come in and be like, maybe it's not such a wonderful life. <laughs> my all oh, my my three three and a half decades, I've got, I've come across nothing. But maybe right. go, oh, that was nice. <laughs> All right, that's fair. All right, so now you want to tell everyone once again uh, where they can find uh, Niall McGowan. Yeah, uh, you can get um, well, hear my voice much more on, on of course, Batman. It was mentioned uh, just just there yesterday. Uh, if Batman's not your thing, uh, but you still want to look on the Batman feed, we of course do do hiatus episodes, uh, many of which I'm very proud of as well. Um, in that, like we'll. Go and talk about like Batman adjacent projects. So we went through all the Prince movies. We've talked about like Joel Schumacher's Phantom of the Opera. Uh, you know, Falling Down. We did. Um, as I was talking to you off, um, off in, in the green room there, we did an episode on the Chris Walken movie Communion, his baffling alien abduction movie based quote unquote on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, very recently we just did there um, for Halloween, um, you know, different holiday to Christmas, of course. But uh, uh, our recent Halloween special, we looked at uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, uh, the animated feature, which is heralded as the greatest of all the Scooby-Doo movies. Uh, is that true? You can tune in to find out. There you um, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So right. uh, that's also there. Excellent. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, and you can find me on my website, moveaboutminute.com. So, until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly did. Life with its sorrow. Life with its tears